This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Are you there in your Bible? John chapter 4, verse 27. I'm going to read the scriptures today and then I'll explain exactly what we just read. If you're new to church, don't worry. I'll, I'll let you know where we're at. It says, this is a story about Jesus. It says, just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe that he, Jesus, was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said that, but they were all thinking that. You ever walk into a room and nobody says nothing, but you could tell they're all thinking something? No one said it, but they were all thinking that, but their faces showed it. The woman took the hint, and she left, and in her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, Come see a man who knew all about the things that I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think? This could be the Messiah. And they went out to see for themselves. We're reading a portion of Scripture. It's one of the most incredible stories in all of the Gospels. This is the Gospel of John. This is the last Gospel. And John is telling an account of Jesus' longest conversation in all of the Gospels. It happens that he's going on a hot day at the heat of the day, the peak of the heat, that he goes and he's very tired and thirsty. Now he sends the disciples into the town. And some theologians believe that he can send the disciples to go uh, get what he needs because, you know, he's the one working, doing all the preaching, all the healing. He's kind of like the mom of the group, okay? So he sends the disciples into the village, and Jesus sits down because he's tired from the journey and from the ministry, and he sits down next to a Samaritan woman. Now, this is important to note because Jesus is a Jew, and this woman is a Samaritan. So she is, by religious standards, she's a Gentile. She's, um, she's ostracized. She's, she's the smallest of the small. She's despised. Jesus, as a Jew, sits down and begins to engage with a, some, how dare he, a Samaritan, this kind of woman. He sits down and begins to talk to a Samaritan woman. Now, the Samaritan woman, she is fully aware that this is, this is off limits. She goes immediately to law and she says to Jesus, Jesus, now she doesn't call him by name, but she says, sir, um, you know you're a Jew and I'm, I'm a Samaritan. And even furthermore, our law states that a man can only speak to a woman if her husband is there. So she calls him out right away, and Jesus kind of looks at this woman, and, and he says, you're right. You don't have a, a husband. You've had five, and the man that you're sleeping with right now, uh, you're not even married to him. This is the sixth one, you're not even married to him. And he begins to have a conversation with a Samaritan woman. Now, as the conversation proceeds, she's the one that gets the water from the well. And it's kind of fascinating that the well is talking to a woman at the well. And Jesus says to this woman, he says, why don't you get me a drink? And he begins to talk about everlasting things. He says, you know, whoever gets a drink from the water that I have will never be thirsty again. But whoever has a drink from your water that you're serving today They'll always be thirsty again. And she begins to kind of understand this is not an ordinary man. This is not, this guy knows my business. This guy knows my world. This guy's talking about everlasting principles, everlasting truths. How could this be that this man is interacting with me? When the disciples come back after this, this uh, conversation, they walk up and they can't themselves believe that Jesus is talking to such a woman. They catch, she catches the hint right away, and she excuses herself, leaving her pot at the well. She goes back to her village, and she says, guys, you're never going to believe this. I just met a man 
that knew everything that I've ever done. And he knew me. Did you catch the words that she wrote down? He knew me inside and out. He re- I mean, other people know the fake me, but he knew the real me. I want to preach a message this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, Didn't See It Coming. Didn't See It Coming. And I'm going to believe that this year, although you've written down resolutions, although you've written down goals, God's going to show up in unprecedented ways that you can't schedule, that you can't monitor out, but you didn't see it coming. Come on, how many know that last year in 2016, the best things that happened to you, you didn't see them coming, and the worst things that happened to you, you didn't see it coming, but anybody believe today that God's got stuff coming your way? Come on, somebody just clap and thank the Lord in the 10 a.m. If you believe, you might not see it coming, but God's showing up at your workplace in your home, in your situation, in your stank. And he's coming to tell you what he's got in store for your life. Didn't see it coming. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for our church. Thank you for a morning like today where we can gather around your word, be strengthened, and be encouraged. God, we believe today that you're real, that you're alive, that you love us and you're for us. God, we are, we are banking our whole life that you truly are the Messiah. You're the hope not only for humanity, but you're the hope for our soul. God, thank you for all the good things you've got in store this next year. And God, as a community, we're not just praying for growth track and connect groups, our fast and our conference, but God, we're begging you for the Lakers. God, let us come back to the glory years. Let the spirit of Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant rest on these young Lakers. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, give me a wholehearted amen, Zoe Church. Come on, don't give me a like, I'm a Milwaukee Buck fan. No, give me an amen. Amen and amen. Now, I, I don't know if you ever see uh, someone where they get hit with something unexpectedly or they, 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 they didn't see like a curb or like a dip and they, they trip unexpectedly. I was watching the NBA this last week and one of the basketball players, uh, Russell Westbrook, who is a local native, by the way, we can claim him. And uh, he was, it, they, they called a timeout and he was, he was just shooting a shot. Well, he shot an air ball or sorry, he threw a pass to the referee and the referee wasn't, wasn't looking and it hit the referee right in the face like the ref was just walking and bam like just got him and the ref got so mad and it, I would do this too if I was the ref the ref was just like boom technical foul and he was trying to you know plead his case like no no I, I didn't try and throw the ball at your head but it was just such a disrespect he had to give him a technical the, the couple days ago uh, or, or two days ago I think on Friday I was at my house with my boys and Julia was gone somewhere I was playing with my kids and I'm trying to teach my son to be a slugger I have officially become a sports dad I'm just gonna tell you right now I'm one of those dads that has officially gone into sports dad world and so I'm got my son out there I bring the t-ball out I got his bat and I'm I'm trying to teach him how to hit the ball so my son first couple hits he kind of just hits it and I'm like no son we don't hit the ball like that we swing aggressively okay Veach boys we hit the ball hard big hits big hits so I'm training him how to you know hit the ball hard well the littler one the one-year-old maverick he was just running all over and and I'm focused I'm a sports dad sports dads get very focused so I'm focusing on the older one that he would get a big hit I put the ball on the 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 tee and I'm like all right son big hit my three-year-old goes to hit the ball he hit the ball out of all the places in the backyard 
out of all the places this thing could have landed. This guy laser beamed his biggest hit of the morning and got his one-year-old brother smack dab in the head. I'm telling you, it ricocheted. I don't know where the ball landed. It might have landed in the neighbor's house, but it ricocheted off. His, I immediately was like, don't ever do that. Awesome job. Stop. This is like a confusing parent moment. I'm like, awful, bad, pound it. Like, I, was, I didn't know what to do. The one-year-old's got this huge throbbing, like, forehead. He's crying, and I'm like, get ready. This is the rest of your life, buddy. But, but it was so unexpected. He, he didn't see it coming. Immediately when it happened, I was like, I'm preaching that for sure. I don't know how I'm going to manipulate that into a sermon, but that's going to come into a sermon right there. Even if I'm preaching on something else, that's a sermon right there. Hit by the ghost. Anyways. I want to talk this year about debunking the myth that only a few select people can get to know God. Only a few people, the righteous, the holy, the every Sunday type of Christian, the tithers, the growth trackers can get to know God. Now I want to debunk the myth starting out this year that what if this was your year to get to know God in unprecedented ways? What if God showed up in your world and began to reveal how much he loves you, how much he's planned for you, how much he's for you? What if this was your year that even though you weren't expecting it, God showed up in your world and began to open up your eyes and open up your ears and open up your mind to say, I know you. Come on, somebody praise the Lord today. It, it might not have been on your resolutions, but getting to know God is the first thing that our church is about. And just write this down, number one, and be encouraged this morning that God knows me. I just want to encourage you today. Before you start getting all like, you know, 2017, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to do my thing, I'm going to go after God. Just know that God knows you. God knows you. God knows the good and the bad of you. The Bible says that God himself, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. God himself knit you together. Before you were ever born, God was already knowing you. God put your personality together. He put your gift mix together. God, he, he, he wrote out all your days. God knows you. God knows you more than you know yourself. God knows you more than anybody else in the world. God is watching your life. And by the way, there is a difference between the Samaritan woman, someone that has made decisions that have hurt themselves, and someone that is going through something that, that, that other decisions have hurt themselves. God knows you in this season, whether you've done things that bring shame and condemnation in your life or whether you've experienced the result of someone doing harmful, evil things into your world. Whether you did it yourself or whether somebody else did it to you, God knows where you're at today. I just love that he comes to this woman and he just right away, he's like, I know you. I know where you've done, what, uh, what you've done. I know where you've been. In fact, yeah, you've had five husbands. The one you're sleeping with right now, the sixth, he, he's not even your husband. And he begins to not in a condemnation, not in a judging way. He begins to just first lay down the groundwork. I know you. This is in John chapter 4, one of the Gospels. But did you know that in the very first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, one of the first couples that we see, Abraham and Sarah, God knew a woman who was Sarah's maidservant named Hagar. Now, the Bible says that God had promised Abraham a child, that God was going to, in fact, God brings Abraham outside of his tent. He says, look up Abraham at the stars. He said, see if you can count them. So shall your descendants be. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you big. And you're going to have a child 
Now, Abraham and Sarah are waiting on a child. They cannot get pregnant. There is no in, in vitro. There is no adoption agency. They're waiting on a child. They're waiting on a child. Finally, Abraham comes, or sorry, Sarah comes up with the idea. Maybe we should have this child through my maidservant, Hagar. This brings up much consternation for Hagar. This brings up much frustration for this woman. In fact, Hagar, the Bible says, runs out in the wilderness and she's going through a hard season, a hard time. And as she begins to cry, as she begins to pour out her complaint before the Lord, God sends an angel to show up into her world and begin to speak words of comfort and words of peace in her situation. Watch what the Bible says here in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Are you with me still? It says, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahi Raha. Everybody stopped at beer. Observe it. It is between Kadesh and Beret. What is she saying? Hagar is saying, Hagar is saying, God sees me. God knows what I'm going through. I, I, I find great comfort that from Genesis to John, he's the same God. He sees me whether somebody's done something to me or whether I've done something to in, bring conflict in my own world. God sees my, I want to encourage somebody today. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but the lie of the enemy wants to tell you that God stopped watching you when you started doing bad. God has been watching you in your good and your bad. God has been watching you all the days of your life. The Bible says that his eye is on the spirit. Anybody encouraged this morning that the first thing we can know is that God knows you. Come on, somebody thank the Lord in the 10 a.m. service. God really, really knows you. You ever hear that saying in culture? You don't know me. You don't know the test in my moaning. You don't know the pain in my platform. You don't know me. Or you ever meet someone that you know on social media? and you've been following this person on social media, and you think that you know them, but you don't know them? I saw the funniest, I've never done this before in church. I want to take a liberty. In fact, I text this to the team, and Aaron goes, are you for real going to put this on the screen? I said, yeah, let me try some on Sunday. So I, I saw the funniest thing I've ever seen on social media. Can you put up the, so awkward when you meet someone you've stalked and don't know whether to play it cool or ask if they enjoyed Dubai in 2011. <laughs> like, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, hashtag funniest thing I've ever seen. But you think that you know someone, worked, Aaron, and, but you don't. How you like them apples, son? And, um. Uh, He's my son, spiritually, father, anyways. But you think you know someone, but the reality is that you, um, you know them in slices. You know what they project. You know what they tell you. But you don't know what they're hiding. You don't know what they're going through. And I want to encourage you today. God knows the real you. God knows you. Did you hear what she said? Inside and out. Most of the world knows the outside you, but the Holy Spirit knows the inside you. What's concerning you today? What's bringing great angst in your life today? What's bringing depression? Or what's, what's pressing you on the inner man? What's causing you to be up in the middle of the night? What's bringing tears into your world? God knows the real you. God knows you. He didn't just make you and then leave you. He didn't just say, I'm going to show up when you've, you've got stuff that you did to yourself. No, God will show up whether somebody else hurt you or whether you hurt yourself, whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad. He knows me. I'm thankful this year I can start my year off 
knowing. God knows the inside me and he knows the outside me. He knows what's really going on in my world and he knows what I'm telling everybody else that's going on in my world. Somebody ought to start 2017 thanking the Lord that before you try and know God, just be at rest. God knows you. And then just write down number two. Not only did God, God did not make this a one-side street. He didn't just say, I'm going to know you, I'm going to study you, I'm going to watch you. We have this friend that we went out to lunch with last uh, Sunday for, uh, right after church. We went to lunch, and she said, I, di I didn't go home for Christmas this year. And she said, it's kind of awkward when I go home. My mom loves me so much that sometimes I'll be sitting in the living room just hanging out, and I look over at my mom, and my mom's just staring at me. <laughs> like that mom that's like, thank you so much for coming home, sweetie. She's like, I didn't even go home. I was like, no, I, I kind of understand. Like, God did not just go, I'm going to know you. I'm going to be in your business. I'm going to know whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad, whether you have secret sin. I'm going to know you. No, no, no. Write down number two. He made a way for me to know him. Oh, I'm encouraged this year that God actually made a pathway. God actually made a way for me to get to know him. God did not make it so that he would just know me and be in my world and be in my space and know my thoughts and know what's angst in my soul. No, God made a way for me to pursue him, for me to desire a relationship with him. By the way, God does not want your religion. God wants your relationship. God did not make a way. He did not send his one and only son so that you could be an observer in church, so you can follow rules and regulations. No, God made a way, sent his only son, Jesus, so that we could be in relationship with him. Watch what the Bible says here in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. I love how the Apostle Paul wrote down how, how destructive this old way used to be. It says, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Did you know that this woman at the well, she's talking about the wall of separation. She said, you're, you're a Jew, I'm a Gentile. You're a man, I'm a woman. Jesus looks at her and said, you don't even understand, woman. There's coming a time when the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. What's he talking about? There'll be a time, and we're living in Zoe, where we can go straight to God, straight to the throne of grace. We don't have to have a middleman. We don't need a priest any longer. We don't need someone like Melchizedek. No, we can go straight to Jesus because we have a relationship with the Father. Come on, anybody thankful today? You've been made in right relationship. Come on, let's get some theology right. He made a way for me to pursue God. Watch this in Hebrews chapter 4. And this ought to get you excited for this new year. Let us therefore come. Oh, I love that word. Boldly. I'm not limping before God going like, man, I've had five mans and I'm sleeping with somebody on New Year's Eve. Susie, 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 say, what? Weird. But now, I, he, he's like, we're not coming up like trepidatious going like, what in the world? Can I come to church? I feel bad. No, because of Jesus, the middle wall has been broken down. We can come before the throne of grace. Uh, listen, I don't know what you did last year, but you can stand, rest assured, you have, been, you have been healed, you have been forgiven, you have been pardoned, and you have been washed as white as snow. Anybody thankful today that we can come in 2017 before the throne of grace with a little bit of boldness? Come on, not boldness in your own own efforts, not boldness in your own morals or standards, but boldness because of the blood of Jesus. God made a way. He did not want for me to come home to, from Christmas break and just stare at me. 
But God's pursuit was relationship. God wanted me to be in a relationship with him. Long before I ever believed in God, I already belonged to God. And God was making a way. If I was on an island, ostracized, and there was no way for me to get on my isolated island over to the island of grace and right standing with God, God sent his one and only son to make a bridge from the island of isolation, sin, and the law that I could walk over and I could come and be in right standing before the Father. The bridge is Jesus. The, the restoration is Jesus. He made a way for me to know God. I pray that you would understand the heartbeat of our church. We are believing that whether you, 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 you have major issues in your own world that you've got to deal with or you've experienced hardship that someone else brought pain into your world. We're believing that this year you'll have a desire to get to know God. You say, I want to get to know him. I want to, I want to understand his ways. I want to understand his heart. I want to know how much he loves me. I want to know God. Anybody, your prayer this year, more than making money, more than being successful in your career, anybody could lift their hand and say, I want to know God more this year in 2017. Can I encourage you? We do not fast so we make more money. We do not not fast so we can get greater cars. We fast so we can understand heaven. We can understand his plan. We can receive from God. I got dry, cotton mouth right there in the middle of the. <clears throat> I'm back. But that's our prayer this year. Our prayer is that I can understand that God really knows me. And he's made a way through his son for me to get to know him. So I all of a sudden go from just belonging to God to now I'm believing in God. And I believe that I'm in right standing. You say, well, how do I really get, get to know God? And how do I really tell if I'm, if I'm knowing him more? What are the signs in my life this year I can look for that I'm growing in my relationship with God? In 2017, I'm making it my mission. I'm making it my aim to know God. How can I tell if I'm hitting the mark? How can I tell if I'm hitting the standard? Let me give you a few things to write down today. These are always signs, signs in our life that, that we know God. Write down the first one. Here's how you really know if you're getting to know God. Write down number one. When you're receiving more than you're giving. <clears throat> when you're receiving more than you're giving. We're not starting out this year going like, man, I'm going to give. I'm going to pour out. I'm going to bless. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. No, you ought to start 2017 off saying, this year, I want to receive more than I've ever given away. Giving more than receiving results in legalism. If you want to be a legalistic person, then you'll focus only on giving away. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. No, we're starting this year off saying, I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive. I can always tell that someone is getting to know God when they're receiving divine revelation, they're receiving peace on their pillow, they're receiving the joy of the Lord, they're receiving strength to make it through the circumstance, they're receiving wisdom from on high, they're receiving faith for tomorrow. Come on, anybody thankful today that this year, I can know that I'm with God and growing and getting to know God if I'm receiving more than I'm giving. You ought to make this your mission. I mean, we can applaud and thank the Lord. That's awesome. A golf clap from seven people. So great. But you ought to make it your mission and start out as a, res re a New Year's resolution. I want to receive more than I give this year. And I know it's kind of backwards because we always say, come on, church, we're going to give this uh, today. and Pull out your push pay. We're going to 
we're going to tithe, and it's always better to give than it is to receive. So preacher, make up your mind. Are we supposed to give or are we supposed to receive? Now when we say that little cute saying, that's in our tithes and offerings. But when it comes to heaven and your relationship with God, you cannot outgive God. I can always tell when you understand grace because the work of a believer is to receive. Start this year off saying, I want more faith this year. I want more joy for my job. I want more perspective from heaven. I want to have more revelation of what grace is. I want to know, come on, anybody thankful this year that you can actually receive more than you can give from the Lord? I think everybody can clap and thank the Lord for that one. <laughs> Write down number two, another sign. It's when you're loving more than you're judging. You're getting to know God when you become a lover of people rather than a judger of people. Jesus could have showed up at the woman at the well and be like, dang, girl, you sleep around. He could have judged her. Oh, you a Samaritan? Bad luck for you. I'm a Jew. Like, he didn't judge her. You always know when you're getting to know God when you stop being so judgmental and you take the plank out of your own eye. Some of us need to shut our mouth and start loving people instead of sitting on our couch and judging people. Come on, am I preaching to anybody at Zoe this year that wants to be a lover of people rather than a judger of people? And you, this, is just a re, this is a telltale sign. That you've moved from just belonging to God to believing in God to now I'm behaving like God. That now I'm, I'm, my mission and my focus is I'd rather just love somebody and embrace their brokenness, embrace their hurt, embrace their pain, embrace what they're going through rather than try and judge them and condemn them and shame them. You know what? I figured this. If Jesus treated people with, with grace and truth, we should treat people with grace and truth. If Jesus accepted sinners, we should accept sinners. Who made you the law? Who made you the, the end all be all? I, 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 we ought to get off our high horse, come down to a lowly level, and say, I've got my own issues. As soon as you realize your own issues, you are very soft on others' issues. As soon as you realize what a sinner you are, you will be less hard on other sinners. Am I preaching to anybody this year that wants to walk into a new year saying, God, help me to love people rather than to judge people? So a sign of knowing God and you're getting to know God rather than just God knowing you is my behavior changes. I want to receive more than I give. I want to love more than I judge. And write down number three, I want to serve more than I take. I love this. That when you get to know God, God will begin to position your life to where all of a sudden you're obsessed with, with serving and giving. He's saying, I, I want to help. I want, how, how, how can I be used? How can I, how can I take my time and my treasure and my talents and leverage those things for the glory of God and for the goodness of others. That when God starts to deal with your life and you start to really know God, that one of the telltale signs that you're getting to know God is that you want to serve more than you want to take. Religion serves for takers because religion is all about me going and getting mine. I want to take my peace. I want to take my fill. I want to get mine in. I want to take what I need and I'm gone for tomorrow. When you're in a relationship with God, God begins to point your, the arrows of your heart out and God begins to open up your eyes to say, you can be a blessing to so-and-so this way. You can be a help in their world in this way. And God will actually position you as he positioned himself. 
Jesus, though he was God, came to serve all. And the more I get to know God, the more I want to not only serve God, but I want to serve others. We have this friend, every time we go to his house, I feel so convicted, because every time we go to his house, it's for a party. And when we go to the party, I would expect this person, because of, of, of where they're at in life and, and everything that comes with their role and territory, I would expect that when I show up at their house, they would just be posted up at the party and having all kinds of servants do all the work. But every time I go to this person's house and they're throwing a party, I notice every time, and I feel convicted, that every time I show up, they're always working the hardest. They're always the one that's on their feet, going hard, helping out, serving. And I always marvel at though he could sit and be served, for some reason, something in his head says, instead of being served, you should serve. Don't worry, that was the Holy Spirit just resonating. We receive it. I wonder this year if you could remove all of the entitlement of your soul and get into a position to serve others. I, I, I want to encourage you. You will find such great encouragement when you make the decision, say, I'm going to stop taking in my relationships. You ever have people in your world, all they do is take and they drain your energy and they drain your joy and they're like, they suck the life out of you. Don't point at them. Somebody just pointed. <laughs> Don't point at them. That was mean. Seen that? <laughs> you ought to make, make it your resolution this year. I'm getting to know God. And what does it mean to get to know God? It doesn't mean coming to the front to having somebody anoint me with oil, say, I'm going to go make more money this year. It goes with me saying, I'm going to make the decision to serve others and to be a help and to be a blessing this year. Come on, anybody receive that? Come on, anybody receive that this morning? I'm going to give you the last one. And worship team, you can come join. There's always a sign that you're walking with God and getting to know God. It's when you're, um, it's when you're making the decision to forgive more than to hold grudge. You're forgiving rather than grudging. You can't get to know forgiveness and not be a person of forgiveness. Again, God knows you. He made a way for you to know him. He's saying, well, how do I know if I'm really getting to know God? How can I understand if I'm growing in my relationship with God? Come on, let's be honest. Last year at this time, January 2016, I hope that from last year, the same date, January 8, 2016, to this year, January 2017, I hope that you've grown in forgiveness. Because one thing's true. You can bet your bottom dollar if you're living on this earth, you're going to be offended you're going to be rejected. You could be betrayed. You will have this year, oh man, oh man. Might not seen it coming. Maybe it was a boss. Maybe it was a friend. But you are going to have ample opportunity to be offended this year. You got to make the decision this year. Because I know God and I know how much he's forgiven me, then instead of holding grudges, I'm going to choose to be a person of forgiveness. You know, I want to encourage you, always be the bigger person. 
The smaller person is always mean-spirited. The smaller person is always, always belittling and berating other people. When someone is mean-spirited, it's just a revelation that they really don't know God. But when someone is a person of forgiveness, it's proof that they're getting to know God. Because when I get a revelation of how much Jesus has forgiven me and how much he continues to forgive me, then I can be a person, instead of holding grudges, I can be a person to forgive others. Come on, anybody this year, you want to be a person that doesn't hold on to offenses, doesn't hold on to grudges. Come on, anybody 2017, you're making the decision to be a person of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision. Jesus had all the emotions raging against him on the cross. But he made the decision, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, I love that God is showing us this morning, whether it be Hagar, who has to forgive people who did stuff against them, Abraham and Sarah, or whether it be the woman at the well who made decisions she's got to forgive herself. I hope that in 2017, you would make the decision that you would walk with God because God wants to do something in your life. You might not have seen it coming, but if you choose to be a person of forgiveness, he can take you to another level. If you choose to be a servant of the Most High, he can take you to another level. If you choose to be a person of love, he can take you to another level. If you choose to be a person that receives grace, he can take you to a whole nother level. You might not have planned it. You might not have seen it coming, but God's got great things this year. Somebody say amen. All throughout the scriptures, all throughout the Bible, God shows up in the most unexpected ways. This woman's at the well serving her fellow Samaritan. Jesus shows up and says, I've got everlasting life for you. What about the woman caught in adultery, thrown into the streets, ready for the whole town to stone her to death? Jesus shows up unexpectedly. What about blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside. He's been blind his whole life. Jesus is walking by. He did not know. No one told him. There was no post. There was no alarm on his iPhone that says Jesus is walking by. No, unexpectedly. He didn't see it coming. Come on, he was blind, church. But Jesus showed up. Come on, it happened for every person all throughout the Bible. And I'm believing this year, just like it happened for Paul, just like it happened for Peter, just like it happened for Gideon, just like it happened for Moses, just like it happened for Abraham. Come on, anybody? believe today you didn't see it coming but God's showing up to let you know I know you I've made a way for you and you're going to grow to another level somebody thank the Lord in the 10 a.m. service if you're believing it this year come on I'm going to know God in a fresh new way thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message to get more information about Zoe Church check out our website www.zoechurch.org Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.